Just before we start the show, a quick message to say that I need your help. Whether you're a long-term listener or you literally just found us, I would be incredibly grateful if you could go to mattalder.com and fill out a very short survey about this podcast. It won't take longer than two minutes of your time and will be incredibly helpful to me as I develop Recruiting Future into 2023. Just to recap, the website address is mattalder.com and it will take just two minutes of your time to complete the survey. Go on, press pause and do it right now. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 469 of the Recruiting Future podcast. With recruiting challenges so acute and talent acquisition technology developing at such an incredible pace, tech stack adoption and transformation strategies are critical for employers. So what are the key issues and how are talent acquisition teams specialising and evolving to exploit new technologies and methodologies. My guest this week is Samantha Ramsey, Head of Experienced Hire UK and Ireland at EY. I caught up with her a couple of weeks ago at Unleash World in Paris, where she was delivering a presentation about tech transformation and sharing some expert insights. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very good. It's a pleasure to talk to you. We're recording live uh, on day two of Unleash in Paris. Mm -hmm. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? I can indeed. Um, my name is Samantha Ramsey. I am the head of Experienced Hire for UK and Ireland for EY. Fantastic stuff. So I'm asking everyone the, the, the same question. Obviously, lots of um, lots of disruptive forces around mm. um, in the in the in the um, area of talent acquisition at the moment. What uh, what are the main challenges that that you're seeing at the moment when it comes to TA? What's well, a really good question? What are the main challenges? I think well, there's been a couple of challenges. One in terms of um, talent acquisition itself and recruiting. There's been a lot of movement around recruiters, um, and we've. Personally, and I don't think we're the only ones who've really struggled with that. Um, and recruiters, you know, getting paid quite, you know, big sums of money. People can move around, and so there's 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 two things on that which I think are a bit of a concern actually. And one is um, there's been a lot of movement within the recruitment work workforce, which means the existing TA functions are predominantly new people. And uh, so if I if I look at my own, about. 50, 57, 60% of my TA team are new within the last 12 months. Wow. And so that's great on one side, which means there's lots of new ideas, lots of people really excited, wanting to you know, do something different. On the other side, um, there's a lot of new people who don't know how to do things. So actually, it's meant that thinking about what is the role of a recruiter? How do we train people? How do they understand the organization? How do we make sure they're selling the right things? Things that you wouldn't necessarily have thought of as much in detail had it only been ones and twos that have left and moved on yeah. but when you've had mass change yeah. it's meant that you've had to really think about well how do we build a culture again how do we create a team environment so that's actually been quite a different thing I know that's not necessarily the answer to the question about 
TA in general, but actually I think it's something that when I've spoken to lots of other people, they are starting to have challenges with too. And has that given you the kind of opportunity to reinvent the way things work or the way you do things? Yeah, I think so. And actually listen to others. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I've only been the organisation for uh, just over a year myself. Um, and there are things that I ha- thought when I joined and they'd had a relatively stable team before I got there. It wasn't all me joining that meant everyone was leaving. I mean, imagine some of it, but not all, not all of it. I'm going to blame the great resignation. Um, uh, but of course, once you've had it, when you, you know, the downside sometimes of having a very stable team is that we do, this is what we do because we've always done it. Mm. So it actually can be really mm. difficult to enforce change or instigate some kind of change because um, there's a real nervousness around it and very, people are very happy with what they do. With new people, it's meant that you can kind of go, well, what do you think? Like, actually, and, and for them to say, why? Why do we do it this way? And I'm like, mm. I don't know. Why do we do it this way? Mm. So actually, that's been quite fun to do. Um, but it has thrown up quite a lot of why do we do things this way? Yeah. So you then have to think about okay, what what can we realistically manage and do at any one time? We can't you can't change we can't overhaul everything. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. So you have to rethink really about the way forward. And I suppose that leads to because earlier you were doing uh, a talk about tech transformation, yes. um, those kind of things. T- tell us t- tell us about tell us about that. Um, so the talk was p- kind of a culmination of my experience over the last. <clears throat> number of years <laughs> we'll keep that quiet um, and uh, in the different transformations that I've done in different organisations and what I've learned during during those experiences and kind of bringing together a culmination of all of those experiences that I think would be um, helpful for others no matter what environment so I've taken experiences from global organisations from big corporate organisations from retailers from construction companies so it doesn't necessarily matter going forward what uh, environment someone is, was in. It was hopefully to give them a bit of advice in terms of this is what I've learned. Mm. And these are my, these are my tip, hints and tips moving forward. Fantastic. So talk us through some of them. What were the main points that you were trying to get across? Yeah. So the main points, um, so we talked about firstly about visioning. Um, so h- how to understand the vision for a transformation, whether it be for using tech or not. Um, and about how to understand what the actual problem is. Sometimes it's very, we're very quick in recruitment to go, oh, this is a problem and this is the solution, without going, well, actually, is that the problem? In, and we talked through the five whys, and if you ask why five times, you're more likely to get to the actual root cause, which means that you can provide a solution that's most effective in the end result. Um, so it's about how to truly understand. Number one, it was truly understand what the actual problem was and who cares about the problem. Does anyone actually care um, before you start putting in a solution in place? The second thing was about then once you've come up with a solution is how do you, um, how do you measure that it's going to be successful? How can you make sure that it, how can you prove your point? So about how to use data um, to prove that the solution that you're putting in place is going to work. Um, but also how to pick the right types of partners in the business to um, demonstrate your pilot with. Um, and my advice is always to go with the noisiest stakeholders, not the quietest ones. Because the noisy ones, the angry ones, will actually also shout the loudest positively yeah. when something works. And actually, once you've got them on side, you really don't have to do any more sellings. Everyone else does it for you, right? It's done yeah. then. Yeah. Um, and then the final point was around... Um, how then to partner with the business and 
uh, suppliers or partners to get what you what you need done and not to go it alone as TA um, and actually have people with you not people saying I'm behind you and your your decision and I've got you but you know I'm stand behind your decision you need people to stand with you and say okay well I agree this is a solution and I'm also invested in this solution whether it be financially or otherwise to ensure that you get something over the line um, and then how to work with the organization to get something over the line, right? When you haven't got yeah. any money, yeah. who has got the money and yeah. how do you get it? A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com slash pod. That's www.wonolo.com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. Something interesting for me is there are obviously lots and lots of vendors here at the show, you know, literally hundreds of booths mm. and you can walk around and find the technological solution to every problem every, that you can imagine. Yes. And quite a few that you can't imagine mm-hmm. as, as well. <laughs> what makes a great supplier vendor partnership? Because I know you partner with a number of sort of tech companies. Mm. What would your advice be to some of the people exhibiting, uh, you know, at an event like this in terms of, you know, how they should partner and what they can do to, uh, you know, to, to really make the kind of transformation that you're talking about easier? Yeah. Um, never to assume that you can fix the problem without knowing what their problem is. So there's lots of people that I've, I've, I've spoken with, not just here, but just in general, who will, who will approach you and go, we can save you money in X. Well, you don't even know that I spend any money in this. You also don't even know if it's a problem for me, mm. right? So assuming that you can, because your technology can do that for organizations, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you need. So I would take the time to understand what the situation is, what someone is trying to achieve and how your solution, if it can, fix that now or, or um, add some value now. And sometimes it doesn't, right? Sometimes you're like, actually, yeah, not right now, but maybe in the future. So I think it's about being really open and honest, listening to what they, they need. Um, and I think uh, for me, I ought to be honest, I mean, it's my personal preferences. I always tend to choose... Um, technology suppliers um, and partners that uh, can uh, can bespoke things and I've had, I, I always go I love that but I want this um, <laughs> so people who are kind of open and yeah. can you can grow with and they're like actually we see your vision too let's work together to try and achieve that because actually that works well for us also and in terms of types of technology mm. again all sorts of different um, you know different things being exhibited here lots going on in the market at the moment Cutting through all that noise, mm. what do you think the types of technology are that are most useful for um, you know, talent acquisition professionals in organisations of your size at the moment? 
Oh, that's a, that's a really good question because that means I'm potentially assuming that I know other people's problems and I'm going to be exactly like I've just told you not to be and assume the answer. <laughs> I've literally made um, you break your yeah. own rules, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. um, I would go from a, from a CRM and a candidate engagement. So candidate engagement, intelligence, um, CRM, I do think is the way forward. I think people have CRMs, people have known about CRMs for a long time um, and use them. I don't think in general they're used in the right way, is my personal view. Um, and I think it is a separate element to TA. It's not recruiters can also use CRMs and recruiters can also write job ads and recruiters, like these are specialists' roles, they are specialist ex- experts who. Look, look after this activity yeah. and I think TA teams should be building those experts um, and that helps people in the long run so for me CRMs um, are always the key and you know always you know have my favourite as you know absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> um, are you allowed to mention them as oh, well okay Beamery okay fine, fine. <laughs> okay cool <laughs> and I suppose that's interesting in terms of you know we were talking about you rebuilding your team and you know transformations with technology how has the makeup of uh, TA and recruiting teams sort of changed o- over the last the last few years? You kind of mentioned specialists and experts and things like that. Uh, how has that how has that evolved? I think it's evolved in terms of the activity that we are expecting to happen within TA. So engagement or intelligence or insights or marketing or whatever it might be, mapping and search, all that kind of stuff. Is, there are there are more activities that have been bolted on or Um, definitely exploited more within TA than they have previously done in the past Um, but what I don't think has happened at the same speed is uh, the differentiation of roles within TA I think they're just being bolted on and a lot of the time to a recruiter's role Um, and I think we need to start separating out the specialisms within TA and growing the careers like that rather than a recruiter is a role in TA yeah absolutely that makes sense yeah no it makes sense and what what type of roles do you think could sort of move out and be and grow into a sort of a, a specialization yeah. well the ones I mean we, we're just um, developing a team at the moment we just start, started a team um, at EY so we have an intelligence team um, and they look at um, insights and intelligence and that's specific, that's all they look at um, and that's intelligence and insights on a on a strategic level not i can't fill this role how many candidates are there on linkedin that's that's a more yeah. operational element this is very much about working with the business working with the strategy of the business to go okay well let me understand what it is that you're trying to look for where what, what what's happening in the marketplace what does the regional lo- location what is that telling us and is that the right thing to be doing and how do we invest and what do we do going forward that type of talent intelligence is something that I think um, really needs to be invested in and that's a role that we have within within um, my team at EY um, and the other pieces around candidate engagement um, which sounds uh, it's not kind of uh, talent pooling which I, I actually hate that term um, but um, it's around thinking of the long term of how are we constantly communicating and engaging and building an affinity with people um, over a long period of time you know recruitment is very much the vacancy now we need to fill it now and we move on yeah there's two parts to talent acquisition there's the what's now and then there's the long-term future piece so we need to invest a lot more in the long term so final question and i suppose this is a this is more of a summary because you've you've really sort of talked about this all the way all the way through our, our conversation what does the future look like where do you hope talent acquisition is going in the next two to three years 
Um, where do I hope it's going? Um, I think that uh, I actually, um, every HR person now is going to literally hate this next <laughs> this next comment. Um, but actually, I think I think talent and TA it will be the leader leading in HR than HR um, is personally where I think it's going because of the advice that we can give, the insights, the awareness, the knowledge. The I, I think we have a lot more actionable uh, and value added. And I don't mean that HR is not value added, but in terms of decision making and shaping businesses and the strategy of businesses, there is a huge amount more that talent acquisition can do. And I think that that's being seen more and more now. Um, so I, I think, you know, potentially gone are the days when, you know, when I started off in recruitment is that you needed to go in HR first. And I think actually DA might be the base you need to go to first. Sam, thank you very much for talking to me. No worries. Thank you very much. My thanks to Sam. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. And also, you can now follow the show on TikTok, where you can find us by searching for Recruiting Future Pod. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to receive the monthly newsletter and to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. <laughs>